0: when you love what you do, you'll always make an excuse to work. And it's fun when you like what you do. So now I'm like, no, I need to actually block off time to commit myself to the relationships that matter to me to things outside of work, because work is not my identity. And that's something that has been a practice, but it is getting better and better. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif. And today we are covering business and entrepreneurship. Now, if you're a first-time listener, this podcast usually covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and spirituality and business. It's, it's like a mix of everything that you want to talk about with your friends on the weekend. And that's really the vibe of the podcast these days is like, what do we really want to know about? What are the questions that you really want to ask? And this idea for today's episode, which is the 10 business mistakes I've made in the last year with mistakes in air quotes, really came from the conversations I've had with clients and even friends that see my work on Instagram or hear the podcast, and they don't really see what's behind the scenes. And I'm sure they're wondering, wait, she's probably made a few mistakes. She probably has stuff to share. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share the mistakes again. I put that in air quotes because I truly think they're just learning lessons, but I'm going to share the 10 biggest ones that I've made in the last year, because it's been just over a year in business. And I definitely have have some learning lessons to share. So if you're a first-time listener, I would love for you to go and rate and review and subscribe so that you get these notifications when the podcast comes out when it drops or leave a review if you found value because I will give you a free guided meditation and that is as a thank you for your support for the podcast. And also, if you've been following along on Instagram or you heard the announcement last week, I have opened up private spots for coaching. So this is one-on-one coaching for either business slash mindset or podcast mentorship. There are two different things. So the podcast one is obviously if you want to start a podcast or refine yours, we will take it from idea to launch in just a few months. And then business and mindset coaching, you can have a business or have just started one and want to really get it off the ground, or maybe it's just a career change that you're hoping to make and you're just feeling really stuck, that would also be a great Option for you. So I have two spots open for the business and mindset coaching and four spots for podcast coaching. So if you want to look into either of those, you can just DM me at Chelsea Rife for more information or head to my website, chelseaRife.com. We're doing a bit of an update with the website. I'm revamping a lot of things. So the podcast coaching application is not up, but the business and mindset one is. So if you are interested in podcast coaching, again, just shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife or info at chelsearipe.com. You can shoot an email that way and I will go ahead and share all the details with you. All right, let's just dive into the 10 business mistakes that I've made in the last year. The first one is making very impulsive decisions with software and investing. So in the beginning of my business, I basically thought I had to make a decision like the day that I thought about something. And I'm really not kidding. Like I would interview people and like that night I would want to make a decision or I would look into a software and think like, okay, tomorrow I need to buy it. And obviously that wasn't really smart because I never took the time to really think through long-term, like, what is this going to cost? This is going to add to my business expenses every month. What happens if I invest in a person and it doesn't work out? What if they quit and I have to, I don't know, like take all their materials and transfer them to someone new? Like I didn't know any of that stuff. And by the way, as I go through these, I am going to share a learning lesson from each too. But here are a few examples. I would buy a whole package of courses that someone was running on something that I already knew about or I didn't even really need help with just because I thought that's like what I needed to do. For example, like running a membership or learning about sales and marketing. But what's interesting is I have a sales and marketing background. My corporate American job was selling and content marketing for six years. I sold to some of the largest brands in the globe. I talked to some of the highest people up in those companies. And for some reason, I was investing in sales courses where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I know how to sell. Or for example, the membership thing, I'm like, I, I don't even know if I want a membership, but I was just running to invest in anything that I could that like had to do with the business world or coaching world. So pretty much any advertisement, any person I followed, anything that popped up in feed, anyone I heard on a podcast that was like, oh yeah, I offered this and this, I would like run and see if I could invest in it. And I really think looking back, I would have used those funds differently and really thought about what I needed help with. So the learning lesson that I have from this one is find the gaps in your business or where you want to be in your business and invest in that. So again, like I didn't need sales and marketing help. I needed more of like business help. Like how do I create a revenue model how do i actually even like set up pricing I don't understand this how do i you know link my payment processor to my website that's the stuff i needed help with not sales and marketing and so all those programs were kind of just like shiny objects floating around and i just kept grabbing at them and again looking back i definitely would have invested a bit differently this also goes for hires so in the very beginning i thought i needed to like hire a ton of people and so I was like oh my god i need a graphic designer I need a virtual assistant I need a podcast editor. I need a website developer. I need all these people. Like, I thought I was hiring a full time team and I was not thinking through this. Like, I really was just like, oh, yeah, I need this, this, and this. But I actually didn't need all of those team members that early on because I didn't even have that many clients yet. So it's not like I needed that much support. So I was like over investing, I think, in team members that weren't necessary at that time. And again, looking back, I probably would have just waited a few months and really identified what the gaps were in my business and then hired for those versus thinking I needed every aspect of my my whole entire business covered and and helped with because that just wasn't true. Number two is not integrating what I was learning. So very similar to above, because I was investing in so many things at once. And in this point, I'm specifically talking about like training and knowledge and courses. And I really was depending on one call to be like the magic pill that solved everything. Every time I joined a call, I was like, this is the Zoom call that's going to change my life. It's going to fix all my issues and pain points. But then I would never actually apply them. I never took time to end the call and be like, Okay, what was the action plan? Let me go do that. Let me set aside time to do this. And that really did not serve me well. I have a very specific example. I was in a money course. And one of the modules was about tracking finances and seeing what's coming in and out every day for a full month to get an idea of your business expenses. I never took time to do that. I never printed out the sheet. I never looked at my bank accounts. And I was honestly magically expecting all this to like fall together one day. Like, oh, it will just all click one day and my finances will be like magically sorted out. And it's like, no, I had to actually sit down and do this. So not integrating what I was learning was a huge mistake in my opinion at that time because then I would just invest in more courses. Again, I was just depending on each of these courses or mentors or whatever the case was to just change my life. And obviously that doesn't happen. Like the mentors and coaches are not supposed to be saviors or gurus. They're supposed to be guides and illuminate a path or way, but they can't make you do the work. And so when I wasn't doing the work and joining these calls it obviously didn't turn into anything. I was like, Oh, well maybe I just need to join another course. So the learning lesson here is definitely integrate what you learn. That is something that I really harp on with my programs and in my client work, because I'm like, there's no point in doing coaching or courses or anything. If you're just going to show up to them as if they're lectures and then just walk away and totally not retain anything really where the magic happens is integrating what you're learning. So whether that is a journal prompt or developing a healthy habit or committing to, one minute of meditation a day, the integration is truly where the transformation happens. The third one is over committing myself in all areas of my life. So too many courses, too many clients, too many plans, too many offers. At one point, I think I was running a course that had about 20 women inside. And then right after that, I immediately took on -on one-on-one clients and then went back into launching another short course. And then I also signed up for like a million courses for me to take myself around money and sales and business and marketing on top of traveling, socializing, and I had just started my relationship with my partner. And obviously, this left me totally burnt out and tired and exhausted. There was actually a point in November where I remember very vividly this taking a toll on so many things. Like, I could just feel my relationship becoming more distant. I felt myself totally exhausted showing up to client calls. I had no concept of my finances because I was just so busy all the time. I never took time to actually sit down and understand my finances. And then obviously when I'm feeling all these things, I'm not into working out or catching up with friends or family. And so those relationships started feeling distant as well. And I really hit a wall and shut down. And I've talked about this in a podcast before. It's the podcast about how I started my business in the pandemic and the truth about entrepreneurship. I talk about how in November and December, I shut down. I was not taking a moment to like reflect and integrate and digest what was going on. And I just kept filling my time with too many things. And then when I got insecure, I would just buy another course or invest in another mentor. And that did not serve me well because I was trying to fill gaps that I needed to fill myself. These weren't gaps that other people were going to fill for me. And so looking back, I definitely would have not invested in that many courses. And I also would have made sure I could make the calls. <laughs> there, were, there were some courses because of the time zone difference that I was joining them at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Now, as you can imagine, like being in a relationship with someone that is on calls till two or three in the morning, like three nights a week, then working all day and all weekend and constantly trying to play catch up isn't the best partnership to be in. And so I quickly realized I am absolutely over committing myself and I need to rein it in. So, big learning lesson try to just only bite off what you can chew. Like, really look at your calendar and be like, okay, what could I commit myself to from a client perspective and training and courses perspective and socializing? That's why now I really put all of this in my calendar. I literally will put like a walk with my friend in the morning, or I will block off the weekend to be like, no plans, or Friday afternoon, like, do not book. Because I know now if it's not blocked off, I will probably just work through it because that's kind of the thing about entrepreneurship. When you love what you do, you'll always make an excuse to work. And it's fun when you like what you do. So now I'm like, no, I need to actually block off time to commit myself to the relationships that matter to me, to things outside of work, because work is not my identity. And that's something that has been a practice, but it is getting better and better. So that's number three. The fourth one, and this is a big one, is having no clear boundaries. And I'm talking about boundaries in all aspects from rescheduling to payments to call times. When I was starting out, I was just so happy to be working with clients that I honestly thought boundaries would turn people off. Like that's truly what I thought. I thought, well, if I set a boundary and say, you know, I don't do calls on Fridays or I don't answer voice notes after 7 p.m., that's going to turn them off because they want me to always be available. And I truly thought the more available and easygoing I was, the more clients I could attract. And what happened was this turned into a lot of extremely flexible payment plans that I ended up having to chase these payments down because I didn't have software in place. I had no invoicing in place. I had nothing to like actually automate this. So I had to make spreadsheets and keep track of like who was paying what and what date And there was no rhyme or reason to it. It wasn't like the first of every month or the 30th. It was like random days of the month messaging people on Instagram, trying to figure out like if they were on their fourth payment or fifth payment, obviously that's not efficient and then on top of that i also had like no scheduling policies no scheduling boundaries or rescheduling policies at all so for example i would prepare a beautiful session for a client that included like a meditation and journal prompts and like what we were going to talk about and i would get ready and set the space and then they would cancel with no warning like 5 to 10 minutes before and I would just let it slide. I was like, okay, yeah, that's life. And here's the thing. I do understand life happens, right? Like this morning I had to reschedule something that I think I should have given more notice. And I don't appreciate when people cancel at the last minute because I don't think they realize how much effort goes into a session or reading or preparation that, that we really put into it. And so this morning when I did that, I was like, oh, see, like I'm breaking a boundary that I'm trying to implement too. And those are also times that could be filled up with someone else. So if you have an hour reading or session or whatever the case is, it's like that slot could have been someone's spot that was going to show up and be excited. And I noticed the more that I let people reschedule often, the more they would keep rescheduling. So again, I understand life happens like one or two times, no problem. But there were multiple clients that were constantly rescheduling, constantly moving their calls around. And it was actually really hard to keep track of because some of these clients were on multiple payment plans or like multiple options of calls. So it was just a mess trying to keep track of like, wait, did they reschedule? did I count that as a call? Did they show up? I can't remember. I need to go back to my calendar. And it was just a mess. And also answering voice notes and messages at all hours is not cute. (laughs) I remember like being in bed, answering voice notes. And again, being in a partnership is like, that's not ideal. I also remember at one point I was making sales like in the middle of the night. I would check my phone and someone would message me on Instagram, and I'd be like, oh, "I have to answer. I'm gonna lose the sale." And I would literally be messaging them back with like details and where they could sign up and a link. And this definitely became a problem. I was doing this more in the beginning, like my very first course. I remember checking my phone at like 4 a.m. and having a few messages and being frantic to get back. Like, oh my God, they're gonna like I have to send them the link right now. They're not gonna sign up and it was just not cute, not a vibe. Definitely not something you want to be around is someone that's just always on their phone doing business. And so looking back, this is still honestly one of my biggest ones is setting clear boundaries because what happens when you don't set clear boundaries in my opinion is that you really start to feel resentful and not excited about your work. When people kept rescheduling on me and and honestly like not paying me on time, it obviously causes this feeling of doubt of like why aren't people respecting my work? Why are they not showing up on time? Why are they thinking it's okay to like move their payments back when I depend on that? And that was partially, not partially, that was my fault for not setting clear boundaries and also not being explicitly clear up front, right? That's another thing of like being clear up front of like, hey, here's my rescheduling policy. Here's how payments work. Here's when they're due. Here's how you can break them out. I had no sense of that. And again, I just started to feel like disappointed. I was like, oh, is is this how business is? It's not fun. And there was a period where I definitely was like, okay, I need to tighten this up because if this is how I'm going to feel every week coming into my business, this is not going to be a fun ride. And that's not why I started my business. My business was to be an extension of me and have fun and help clients and really give them that transformation they were looking for. And I can't do that if I'm feeling disappointed and resentful and not excited. So clear boundaries are an absolute must now. The fifth one is putting offers out there without thinking them through or thinking about the time commitment. And this kind of goes back to the first one of being impulsive. I am telling you all, like up until probably two or three months ago i always acted very quickly on my impulses so i would think of an offer and fly to put it together like i would make the graphic the sales page like put it all up get it up and running and then i never even thought of like wait a second <laughs> what's the layout of this program what's actually included like if someone were to ask me a basic faq like what are just the basics included could i answer that And so when I put these things up, there was a lot of vagueness around it. It was just like the title of the offer and like kind of what you could expect. And obviously when someone's trying to make a decision or you're trying to make a sale, that's not really clear marketing. So this resulted in low signups, which is totally okay, right? Like I'm okay with low signups because I'll still deliver an amazing program, but I know I confused way too many people with what was going on. And I have a specific example. I thought of this program probably in early December called Mindset Bootcamp. And this is going to be all the tools you needed to like reframe your mindset and reboot. Now I started marketing it and then I was like, Oh, this just feels really like masculine. And I don't really feel that it's clear of what it actually is. And I'm going to change the name. So then I changed it to Dream Babe Bootcamp and I don't know where this name came from. I think I was like really obsessed with the word dream and I loved to like be helping women and so I was like oh dream babe and then boot camp and then someone was like that sounds like a workout program and I was like actually yeah you're right and I had made all the graphics for this. I was like woo we're going with dream dream babe boot camp. It's going to get up and running and that just wasn't that wasn't thought out or thought through. And then I was in the middle of a three-day workshop one of the ones that I signed up for. That was actually an amazing one. It was called the Spiritual Bad Bitch Upgrade with Tori Washington and Fallon Satterfield. And Fallon's actually coming on the podcast in a few weeks, which I'm so excited about. And we're going to talk about this. But I did a, a clarity intensive with her and we went through this whole program and she just gave me feedback of like, yeah, I think you just need to be more clear and maybe you could retitle it because it sounds like it's not clear. Like what is dream Bay bootcamp? So then I changed it to self care queen. So if you followed me since January, that is right when that program came out. And that program went through like two or three iterations before it came self-care queen. And I had to redo again, the graphics, the sales pages, what was included and all the people that I had kind of been talking to throughout that program or throughout that enrollment period, you could tell were obviously confused, right? Like, wait, how did this go from mindset bootcamp to dream bay bootcamp to self-care queen? Like these all sound so different. And yeah, they were. And that's what I mean of like, I did not think about what I was actually offering. I just thought about the high level basics and what it could do without actually thinking that some people don't work like that. Some people don't buy things just based on your vision. They need the very clear cut analytical details. They want to know how many calls, how much is it? What payment plans do you offer? What is the schedule? And I never thought about those things. And so again, it just became really unclear in my marketing, which did not help. So now when I do have a decision and what's really interesting is I'm a reflector in human design. And so I'm supposed to wait a lunar cycle to really make any big decisions. And I'm really trying to follow this, which I think is helpful, but now I really try to map it out. Now, maybe I don't have every detail, right? Like maybe I don't have the exact call times and dates, but I know I want it to be a six-week program. It's going to be called this. I will try to think about the topics for the six weeks, including what to put in those topics. So just breaking it down into micro sections so that if someone does ask me, okay, well, what does this program include? Or what can I expect? I can actually walk them through it. Like here's what to expect in week one. Here's what we're going through in week two. And even if I don't have the weeks planned out, having at least what the topics are going to be about is super helpful. Like we're going to be covering X, Y, Z. We're going to be doing these exercises. This is how many minutes you can expect. We're going to have discussions and Q and A, like as many details as I can think of that has really helped me with sales and enrolling clients. Because again, a clear input is a clear output. So when your message is vague and unclear, of course, it's going to result in people being a bit confused because it's like, what am I signing up for? So that is a huge learning lesson that I've learned in the last year. The sixth one is not managing my money. And this is a big one that I've talked about. I talked about it in my podcast called How I Heal My Relationship to Money. That's probably one of the most downloaded ones this year because I really share every single detail about my relationship with money. And when I talk about not managing my money... I would say for the first, hmm, probably like five or six months, I didn't even know what my monthly business expenses were. Like I had no idea what was going in and out. I never set aside time to review. I didn't know what was on a annual payment plan or a monthly payment plan. I didn't know what was hooked up to a credit card or my debit card. Like I basically was just like, hopefully I don't overdraft. That was literally my reviewing of finances every month was hopefully I don't overdraft. Hopefully. The business expense comes out and I'll be good to go. And then we'll just see what happens next month. Like that was really my strategy. And I do not recommend that for anybody. So now what I've done is I have each expense on my calendar and I track it almost daily. And I actually really love doing this because it allows me to integrate with my business more because I'm like really understanding what's going on and i really think it's important to understand your finances obviously cuz you're a business person but if you scale and grow i don't want to be one of those business owners that like doesn't know where my money is going and i'm like oh shit what happened like what is this huge expense or what do you mean like we chart we paid for this and that it's like no i actually do want to see everything that's going on because without that i don't feel like i have a true business like to to just run every month to month and hope that you don't overdraft, that's not really a business strategy. (laughs) So looking back, obviously, I would have managed my money from the get-go. I did do a good job of tracking my income. And I tried to track my expenses every month, but then I just fell off. So again, I had no idea like what card it was coming from. I didn't know if it was a recurring charge or not, or if I was on like some trial plan, like it was just bad in the beginning. And so ever since managing my money, I have done a 180. Again, you can listen to that episode, how I healed my relationship to money, but managing it has given me that foundation so that I can flow in. Without that foundation, it was really hard for money to come to me because I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how much I needed. I didn't know how to outsource because I didn't even know what my own expenses were or how much I could afford. And so that really held me back from scaling my business. And so I would say managing my money is honestly probably like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in last year and highly recommend it. You can do this. I would just start daily, like just make a Google sheet and see what comes in and what comes out. Every day, just like a quick five minute. Okay. Let me just like go through my accounts, see what comes in and what comes out. And I think one of the biggest things I did that helped so much was putting those expenses on my calendar. So like literally I will have Calendly payment on June 1st and put the amount like $15. And then in like June 15th, Libsyn payment. $15. $15. So I know when it's coming out and I have a crystal clear vision instead of just like hoping for the best and and seeing what happens. Again, that's like not a real business strategy and I would highly recommend sorting out your finances early on. The seventh one is probably doing too many things for free. I would say in the beginning, I was totally fine doing things for free because I was getting started. I was finding my footing and my voice and I wanted to figure out how to market myself. But there did become a point where I did understand how powerful my message was and what I could offer. And I was doing guest coaching, and I was doing a lot of it for free. And guest coaching is actually quite a lot of energy. It's not just exposure. I know a lot of people think of it as like, oh, well, you're getting access to that audience. And it's not that. It's like, I'm creating a Canva PowerPoint or you know whatever it is, Canva deck. I'm creating a presentation. I'm thinking about your audience and what they need. I have to implement specific things for your audience so that they have the best experience. And actually the energy exchange isn't what you think it is. And I'm going to explain this in a second. A lot of people think, well, you're getting access to my audience, so why wouldn't you do it? Like these could be potential clients. The way I see it is if your audience is already paying for coaching with you on a similar topic that I'm coaching them on, why would they all of a sudden switch to coaching with me? So, for example, like if I'm giving a talk on sales and your mastermind is talking about sales and marketing, and they've already paid like $5,000 for a mastermind, why would they all of a sudden switch to come to my program for $5,000, right? Like that's how I see it at least. And so after a while, I started realizing I, I really need to charge for guest coaching because it's not just the time I'm putting in, it's the amount of energy and how much thought I'm putting in to make sure that this is a quality experience for your paying clients. I need to be paid for that. So looking back, I think I would have charged a bit earlier on and made a specific rate of like, here's my guest coaching spot for up to 60 minutes. Here's what it is for 90 minutes. Here's what it is. If you want me to be like an actual mastermind, or excuse me, an actual mindset coach in your mastermind, instead of just being like, yeah, I'll do everything for free because eventually energy exchanges, they don't feel even they're not an even exchange. And so, yeah, looking back, I definitely would have charged a bit earlier. The eighth one is I would have done guest appearances on podcasts sooner. I feel like I did it too late. Actually, I don't like to say too late. Podcast guesting is like the number one ROI in my opinion. So I was on a podcast earlier this year and it's truly where all my clients have come from. To this day, it's where a lot of my clients come from. People reference this podcast still. This was back in January. And then I've done a few more podcasts since then. And that's also led to new clients. And I'm like... Wow, I would have done guest appearances way sooner if I knew the ROI on it for business. But also you have to think about like, I just started my business a year ago and my podcast is three years older than my business. So when I started my podcast, it was never about me being a guest. It was about my show. And now from a business perspective, being a guest on other podcasts truly is like the number one ROI. So I would highly recommend people that have a business or are starting a business try to be a guest on other podcasts and see what happens and see what what type of growth you see. Because what I find is when you tell a story and it's your personality, it's your voice, you're really sharing more than just like a 30-second Instagram story or one-minute reel or whatever the case is. You're really building a relationship versus like a quick caption in the pan. You know what I mean? Quick flash in the (laughs) pan. Wait, that didn't make sense. Quick flash in the pan. Goodness, I need to like refocus for a second. So yeah, I just realized if I can talk and tell my story for an hour, that's way more effective than me like churning out 20 pieces of content. So yeah, guest podcasting is the ship. Number nine is doing way too many things alone. So in the beginning, I was doing my social media. I was trying to set up all these softwares, podcasting, coaching, content creation, finances, emails, all these things. I was doing it alone. And I actually did learn this lesson pretty early on was hiring support where I definitely needed it. So I definitely saw with my course, my very first course that I was going to need help with all the backend little stuff. So, for example, I knew that there was going to be a Facebook group for all the women. And I knew that Facebook group would probably have people that wanted to ask questions, people that needed to access the replay, people that were going to need call reminders every week. And I was like, I don't want to set that up every single week. We need to set up like a questions thread. We need call reminders going out in email. We need Google Calendar invites going out. And that is when I hired a VA and that helped so much. And VA, by the way, is virtual assistant. So early on, that was a major lesson that I learned because it helped me so much. It not only bought my time back, it bought my sanity back because I didn't have to worry about that. Coaching is a lot of energy. I feel like I need to do a whole other podcast about this too, but like holding space, which I never knew what that meant, (laughs) but like being in in the presence of, let's say 20 women in your course, listening to all their perspectives, letting people speak, knowing how to like move from topic to topic, knowing how to open the call and close the call, being able to actually listen and, and be able to coach them. That's not like an easy breezy thing. And so to go from a coaching call to then have to do all these like little things on the back end was draining. And so that virtual assistant early on really helped me. And now I have a new one and she's incredible. Shout out to Zophie. She has helped me exponentially. Like she has probably saved me months and months of work. And I think when people hear the word hire they sometimes think of like full time or like someone that I'm paying a million dollars a year with all these benefits. Okay. Maybe not a million, but you know what I mean? Like I used to hear that like, Oh, I hired a new team member and I'm like, Holy shit. So they're on payroll and like they have benefits. No. Many of these people are freelancers. Most people actually that, that you see coaches work with are freelancers. So whether that is a graphic designer or a podcast editor or a virtual assistant, they're freelancers and freelancers have packages. They all work differently. Some have like a month long package, some work hourly based, some work project based, So I would encourage you with this one to figure out what type of budget you have and try to find someone that can work within that budget, whether that is like just a few hours a week or a month long project and giving them very specific tasks. I promise you it will save you so much time. Now, like my top expenses that I will not negotiate on are my virtual assistant and my podcast editor because I get so much time in my day back. So if you're wondering, like, what is Chelsea doing taking Friday off? Or like, I just see her walking around or <laughs> she looks like she's not working. It's probably because I've outsourced so many things and made that a priority. And I I like, do not, again, I don't negotiate on that. It's not something like, oh, let me think about it. I don't know. It's like, no, I know I'm saving hours and hours of work. I'm not good at system automation and invoicing and, audio editing, like that's something that I can hire for, then I'm definitely going to do it. So learning lesson there, hire, help sooner than you think, or where the gaps can be filled. And the 10th one is not listening to my intuition. This is a big one and probably still one that I'm working on. I found myself not listening to my intuition pretty early on, actually. For example, with yoga, you guys may have heard this, in my solo episode about the whole reason why I started my business. I was doing Zoom yoga classes and I think I probably knew a month or two in that I didn't want to do it, but I kept pushing it because I was like, well, people like yoga, everybody's inside working out. This is the one thing I actually do have training in. I've been doing it for years. I know the benefits." And I did not listen to my intuition and kept kind of pushing and trying to expand it. Like maybe I'll do a membership platform. Maybe I'll do an app. Maybe I'll do weekly videos and like all these things that I was like, I don't really even want to be doing this. But I kept surrounding myself with people in that in that field and like joining yoga courses and yoga marketing and all this stuff that I was like... I don't know if I want to do this. And so looking back, my intuition, I should have listened to it was like, yeah, this is not your path. You need to go a different way. This also kicked in a lot with hires, coaches, softwares. I was in a coaching experience for about six months that I did not enjoy. And about halfway through, I tried to actually leave because I wasn't getting the value or the benefits that I thought. And my intuition was like screaming at me. My intuition actually was like screaming at me before to not sign up. And I feel like this person used some pretty manipulative tactics to get me to sign up. So I signed up and then about three months in, I was ready to exit the program and they used some more tricky tactics to keep me in. And by the way, I do take responsibility for continuing the program, right? Like it's not like my hands were tied behind my back, but I think there's something to be said about when someone feels your vulnerability or your pain points or your weakness and then tries to capitalize on it. I don't appreciate that. And that's what happened in this experience. And listening to my intuition, I was like, the next three months, I didn't enjoy them at all because I was totally abandoning my intuition. And I ended up not loving the program at all. I didn't, I don't think I showed up to like the last month of calls. I didn't do any of the trainings. And again, looking back, I absolutely would have listened to my intuition and my gut early on because it was screaming at me. And I'm talking about like gut feelings, you know, palms sweating, my heart giving me a reaction and just totally ignoring that did not serve me well because I feel like now I'm still trying to unlearn things from that program or distance myself from people in that program. And again, I just should have listened to my intuition early on. So yeah, there you have it. Those are the 10 business mistakes I've made in the last year slash learning lessons. And if you have any comments, feedback, questions on any of these, please shoot me a DM. As you know, I'm an open book. So reach out at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pod. If you want to support the podcast, you can always leave a review and I will send you a free guided meditation. And if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, you can head to my website, Chelsea or shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife and I will send you more information info. And again, I have two spots open for mindset and business coaching and four for podcast coaching. So just let me know which one you're interested in and we can talk about it. And then once those spots are filled, I'll probably enroll again in later fall when the contracts are up. So definitely pop into my inbox now if you want to know more about coaching. All right, y'all with that, I will see you next week.